Hello and welcome back to True Talk, a companion podcast about the movie The Truman Show, created by me, Christopher Bingham. The Truman Show, like a lot of films, is about growing up. Like, yes, that's not a revelation. A lot of films are about growth. Uh, as we're going to talk about more in more detail in the next episode, they're about the kind of quest for self-actualization and about enlightenment. And, and a lot of these archetypes apply to The Truman Show. In this episode, I want to specifically explore the ideas around parents, parental relationships, parent-child relationships that appear in this film. In an interview with the BFI, Andrew Nichols cites a behavior common in children where they believe the world revolves around them. Most people grow out of it, but it can be pervasive and follow you into adulthood. Maybe I'm being set up for something. You ever think about that, Marlon? Like your whole life has been building towards something? Mm, no. It's easy to see the character of Truman as a man-child, stunted in his development by this simplistic and heavily structured world around him, and throughout the film we see him treated as a child, assuming the role of a child in a parent-child dynamic. He is led around by the hand, he is patronised and talked down to. People in his life knowingly gaslight him, telling him he's wrong, telling him he's imagining things, that he's paranoid. Christoph, the show's creator, specifically describes Seahaven as a perfect, safe place, and sees himself as Truman's protector. In a flashback scene, we see Truman's father save him from danger as he's climbing some rocks, and in the present day, we see drivers on the road come to an unrealistically perfect stop uh, to avoid knocking him down. This is a man who has grown up in a world where no harm can come to him, and even if they try not to show it, everyone is there for him and to serve him. I don't know what to think, Marlon. Maybe I'm losing my mind, but... It feels like the whole world revolves around me somehow. A lot of world for one man, Truman. The extent to which the world revolves around Truman is ingrained in the very DNA of the film. The only named characters really are the ones who are close to Truman in some way. Merrill, Marlon, Christoph, Sylvia. Um, Truman's mother and father are only referred to by name once each in the film. Uh, Kirk and Angela. And they are credited by their relationship to him. In the credits it just says... Uh, Truman's mother, Truman's father. Um, a lot of other credits just read Truman's friend or Truman's neighbor or newspaper vendor. And the deeper you dive, the more you see Truman's world is kind of full of parents, but devoid of any other authority figure. Often, of course, this is a case of filmmaker shorthand, right? It's not necessarily a conscious decision. Uh, like some of the things that we'll talk about. It's, it's not necessarily a conscious decision by the filmmakers, it just may be an oversight or a way of simplifying the story, but it has a real impact on the text. In one flashback, we briefly see a teacher shut Truman down in class and tell him there's nowhere left to explore. At the end of the joyride sequence, he has a brief encounter with police officers, but they are they're kind of ineffectual, and one of them is clearly just excited to get a glimpse of him and kind of leaning in the door to try and look at him. There's never a sense of danger or, or really even authority from these characters because they're extras. They're not 
you know, they're not actual police officers. There doesn't seem to be any crime in Sea Haven. We never meet the mayor of the town. Um, and we're never told who the president is. Uh, or, you know, it, that's if global politics is even a thing in Truman's world. Meanwhile, we have various parties vying for the parental role, each affecting Truman very deeply. We have Truman's mother, who we're going to talk about a lot more later on, uh, played by an actress called Holland Taylor. She's preening, she's cold and cruel. She hogs her scenes with this overdramatic line delivery and, and revels in her ability to manipulate him. It's about time they cleaned up the trash downtown before we become just like the rest of the country. She seems very self-centered and, and not at all really concerned with Truman. Truman's relationship with his father, played by Brian DeLay, is quite different. He's portrayed uh, as generally a kind and loving father, but was killed off during Truman's childhood. He becomes an absent father, allowing us to read Truman as a kind of you know, child of a single parent, lacking a male role model, with all the kind of traditional baggage and associations that might entail. Um, and when he comes back into the show and back into Truman's life, we really don't see, we don't get a chance to see any of the impact that has on Truman's psychology, because by that point, he's already, um, he's already hatching his escape. So, um, I think it's a deliberate choice that we really don't see him spending any time with the with the father after the father is reunited with him. Truman! Truman! No! Christoph, played by Ed Harris, is another father figure in this film. This unseen man behind the scenes protecting Truman, guiding, manipulating, protecting him. Truman. Where are you going? It's clear as the film progresses that Christoph sees himself as a kind of father to Truman and cares for him. He stays up late, he checks on him, he, he later kind of scolds him for bad behaviour, lashing out uh, like, the, like a father might when his son does something wrong, but falling short of being an all-out dictator. Give me some lightning. Again. Hit him again. I believe the psychology of the principal characters in The Truman Show is absolutely brilliant. What we see on screen gives us enough to think about, and just as important are the th moments that we don't see, um, the moments that are either not in the script to begin with or have been removed through editing. Enough gaps are left in the story to let us speculate and develop our own connections with these characters which is a really masterful thing to do. If you are a writer or a director or an editor who can master this skill, you're going to go a long way. Our understanding of these characters is informed by what the filmmakers have chosen to show us and what they have chosen to conceal from us. I've made a list of observations specifically about these characters that fulfill a kind of parental role in Truman's life, and I'm just going to go through them. And some of them are attached to kind of questions, some that I might try and answer myself and some that I might just kind of leave open for you to think about. If we accept Christoph as a father figure in Truman's life, does the removal of his father from the show take on a deeper meaning? Right, on paper, he was killed off to make Truman scared of the sea, but maybe also because Christoph was jealous or wanted more control over him. Even though Christoph and Truman never really meet face to face, and even though for most of their relationship, Truman is not aware of Christoph's present, on some level, is he still able to fulfill that father role? 
through his indirect actions, through his control of other people. The fact that his parents are not his real parents and that Truman is technically an orphan should not be forgotten through this film. I'm just going to kind of put that air, right? I need to, we, we should remind ourselves that Truman is technically an orphan. And although as a child, he was adopted by this corporation and he believes he has always had these parents, they're not his parents. They know that they're not his parents. We need to remember that he's kind of alone in this world. A significant part of the plot and the tension between Truman and Merrill is the idea of having their first child together. As a man-child himself, Truman isn't ready to have a baby. I thought we were going to try for a baby. Isn't that enough of an adventure? His reluctance to become a father himself resonates not only with the dead father narrative uh, and Kristoff as a kind of unseen absentee father, but also maybe with his true identity as an orphan. We're going to talk more about the baby narrative as well in the last episode of this series. As kind of an aside, I find it a little uncanny how similar the characters of Merrill and Truman's mother are, and I I have a hard time believing that that's an accident. It it pay, it adds another little color to the palette of Truman's psychological makeup that he's kind of married to another uh, kind of diva actress character who is very prim and proper and uh, bristled and defensive. It's kind of uncomfortable to think about, but it also makes me wonder, is their similarity the reason he puts up with Meryl for so long? And if you want to go one step further, (laughs) because Meryl is really just doing what Kristoff tells her to do, what does that say about his relationship with her or with him, is Merrill actually an extension of Kristoff's fatherly control? It starts getting pretty dicey fairly quickly, but I just want to throw that out there. If I may, is the sex between you and Truman genuine, or are you just doing it for the money? Well, I understand that uh, you are compensated for each sex act. I didn't get a clearance for that question. Through the lens of family and parental figures, we can see The Truman Show as a film about dysfunctional relationships and transactional love. Throughout Truman's life, as a way to control him, he is rewarded or punished for various behaviours. It's evident from the very start of the film that Truman understands his duties. He knows his routine and he knows what is expected of him. Like a rat in a maze, when he does something right... He is allowed to progress and he's rewarded. And when he does something wrong, he comes up against a roadblock, sometimes literally. As a result, he gravitates towards the path of least resistance, at first maybe subconsciously, and then later as a way to deceive his captors. We see this this idea of transactional love happening in all of his interactions with the wife, all of his interactions with his mother, and we see it with Marlon, who, who kind of is shown to give Truman kind of emotional bribes. He often comes bearing gifts. He poses as this kind of middleman between Truman and Kristoff uh, and Kristoff's true intentions. And in a world that is very uncertain for the majority of the film, Marlon is his um, confidant. He's treated as this, this, well, as a best friend a shoulder to cry on, somebody to confide in. And again, he's providing this service, but it's not being rendered for free. And if the movie is, as Andrew Nichols says it is, about growing up, 
then all of this tracks. By the end of the film, Truman has self-actualized. It's only once he breaks free from his need for parents, from the psychological needs being satisfied by these relationships, that he can enter the real world. He reaches a point where his own drive, his own self-assurance, outweighs everything else being fed to him by these parental figures. And at that point, he steps through the door and into his own life. Truman is a child, the son of various abusive parents. And in that act of defiance, at the end of the film, he finally becomes a man. In the next episode, we're going to talk about religion. Is The Truman Show a movie about God? Let's dive into it. Let's get into it. Thank you for listening. My name is Christopher Bingham. You can find me on Twitter at HelloIamBing, although I don't really tweet, so if you want to talk to me, you can send me an email. There's one in my bio.